Lord has given me a gift. Only one. I am the most complete fighter in the world. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for this very special action for everyone for this year, January 24th, 2024. I am your host, Mike Scott, flying solo today. It is the ass crack of dawn for me. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, our very special guest is a diva, and this was the only time he could meet with us. So I, I'm just kidding. There's one person in the world I would get up this early in the morning to record a podcast with. It is the one and only Scott Adkins. Scott, how are you, buddy? Hello, Mike. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for getting up early to do this. Yes, I'm a busy man. Got a lot going on, but didn't want to let you guys down. We're here to talk about one more shot. Yep, yep. I I appreciate you taking some time to to jump on and talk about it. We had James on last week, and and that was a James is always just a second only to you. I love talking to James. Like you two are two of my favorite people to talk to. I could talk to James for hours. Um, and yeah. he had, he had a lot of good stories about, about one more shot, but I always love talking to you because you're the one who's actually having to do all this stuff. And you're the one who looks to use a British term, always completely knackered by the end of the movie. And I can only yeah. imagine that you feel the same way. So how is this one for you compared to, to filming one shot? Um, yeah, it was tougher in, in many ways, more sort of hand-to-hand -hand combat, uh, more like the airport was just a massive stress and everything involved with that. I did listen to the podcast and I'm going to have to, uh, talk about the passport incident in my defense at some point, but, um, <laughs> I, yeah. I was going to bring it up. I was going to give you a chance to tell your side of that one. Just know that. <laughs> please, please do. Please do. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was tough. Uh, those movies, they're, they're so different to making a normal movie. Um, there's a lot of stress and, um, you know, worry that goes with it. But it's also very exciting. Uh, and it, because it's different, it, it's, it's a lot of fun as well. But yeah, it was difficult. And it was night shoots as well. And extras like an open airport and not necessarily closed down. And of course, you know, Four hours shooting time, as you discussed. Um, so lots of elements. Look forward to talking about it. That was that was the the piece of information that left me and everybody that listened. I got so many comments on on social media and on our our Discord about the four hour shooting nights, the twenty days, like eighty hours. You guys made one more shot. Like obviously, I know there's pre production and stuff like that, but like actual shooting time. You made it in 80 hours. How, yeah. What is there that was like? One, Go well, ahead, I'll tell you, there was there was one day where we're in the baggage handling part, which was as close to Die Hard 2 as we could possibly get. Um, we didn't get to get on the conveyor belt, unfortunately. They wouldn't allow us. But that particular day, we, ha we had less time in there. And then we were behind as well. And so there's one shot, which... Um, <laughs> there's one shot. Yeah, there's one shot which was released as the eight minute clip of the movie. And that sequence, we only had two takes. And if we didn't get it right on one of those two, we were screwed because we couldn't get back in there and we had to live with whatever it was. And it ended up being a good one because they used it to promote the movie, you know, so 
but this is the sort of stress that was going on. Yeah, that's that's really what I'm I'm interested in is is you know, I know you are a very very fastidious performer. You you take your performances very seriously. You you like to spend you don't get the luxury of always spending a lot of time, but you like to spend a lot of time on your acting and your choreo. What what is the pressure like knowing that you've only got four hours to make a day for you as a performer? I know what it's like for James as director. What it's what's it like for you as a performer? Yeah, it's very stressful for everyone, but at least for James, he's not being kicked and punched. And if you forget a line of dialogue or forget a piece of choreography, you know everyone's eyes are on you. Like Scott, you messed up, mate. So you don't want to be the one that messes up and lets the side down. All the actors feel like that. The camera operator feels like that. Um, anyone who's got a job to do, the stunt guys, you know, everyone is feeling the pressure. Going back to that sequence again in the baggage handling part of the airport, um, you can see it in the movie. After the after a little scuffle and I kill the guy and I stick a knife in his neck, I could feel something tapping me on the back of the head. And it was the second take and the last take. And I was like, what is that? hitting me on the back of the head and i'm thinking what is that i didn't know what it was but I, I couldn't stop the take and you can see that i grab it and i i pull it out luckily it did come out straight out and i ended up like fusing that frustration into the scene and i really take it out on walid <laughs> like i used the frustration and it actually really elevated the take and it works for us but it could have easily like completely blown the take so we were lucky yeah well you know a, a lot of people will say uh, something like this you know doing a, a one shot movie a one or movie is a lot like doing a play but i don't think that necessarily does it justice because there are so many more moving parts when you when you throw a camera into the equation let alone high-level fight choreography. There are so many more moving parts that you've got to deal with than if you're just on a stage play. Yes, on a stage play, you don't want to mess up a take because you don't get a retake and stuff like that, but you also don't necessarily have to think about where you're going to be for the camera, uh, you know, those sorts of things. So I can just only imagine. I mean, I I know it, it took a while to make this one, you know, but I also sort of feel like you guys realistically can probably only make one of these every three or four years, just because the logistics are are so exhausting for, for everybody involved. Yeah. Well, we almost didn't get to make it because screen media were part of the financing deal and they went bust. And luckily we're able to get Sony to come in and, and, and save us, but we were going to shoot it 2020. 20 what was it 2022 in november um ended up pushing to january um, because of all these problems and then there was something that went on with with stansted and, and we had that was another reason to shoot in january but for a while there we didn't think we we're going to get to do it and so i think a lot of the some of the budget went down and the time went down uh everything was kind of rushed so yeah it was just really difficult everything was against us at one point um and you you know the show must go on and, and you get on with it uh and it's just a miracle that i'm looking at the reviews and people like it as much as the first and in some cases more and uh, that's a testament to james and ben jacks the producer um and all the crew and the stunt guys and by the way 
there's not that many stunt guys in the movie. We are recycling them as much as they may have done in Desperado. Uh, but I think we get away with that as well. But we had a great stunt team, Tim Mann. You know, every, everyone just just got the job done. It was great. Well, and, you know, one of the things we talked with James about, and I've talked about this with you before a lot, too, is, I mean, the, the smartest thing, if James is going to try and pull off a movie like this, the smartest thing he can do is bring on somebody like you and somebody like Mike and somebody like Aaron Tony, guys who are actually professionals, who know how to do this stuff and who can pull this stuff off in Let's just say uh, short notice and without without the time that they that they you know would normally prefer. But you guys are such pros at this and have been doing this all so long that you know this is the only way this movie succeeds is with the casting that that James has put together. Yeah, we wouldn't have wanted to have done it this way on the first one because you know we'd not done a one shot movie before, and having done that, we knew what we knew how to do it at that point. And for instance, with Michael Jai White, his schedule meant that he flew in, he shot a scene, he rehearsed the fight for an hour with me, he went off again to do this other movie or TV show, whatever it was, and then he came back, literally, we had to do this fight sequence in one take um, outside, um, and Testament to Mike, you know, to have someone like him who's so amazing and so precise and, you know, we're great friends at, at this point and I, I look at him like he's my older brother. Um, you couldn't do it without a guy like that. You know, he's on the money all the time and I know people may have wanted more of a climactic fight or something like that that I read, but you know, the, the pressure we were under to, to get that, it's, it's a miracle that we did. But to have someone like him, to have Aaron Tony, who's always going to be on the money with the action and um, the great stunt guys that we had, uh, you know, that's what you need. You can't do without them. Well, I actually kind of want to, one, because I've seen those complaints about the the fight with, with you and, and Michael J. White, too. And It's only because of Undisputed, too. Well, <laughs> it, it was so good. Way- the way I kind of look at it too is like again, context does matter here. Like, sure, we we want you and 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 Mike to have another you know fifteen minute all timer, but the reality is is we either get this fight or we don't get Michael Jai White at all, right? Like that's the reality is is James would have had to cast somebody else to try and do something bigger or longer because that's the only availability that Mike had. Oh, and so- by the way, Mike, by the way, he. He should have been in the movie a bit more, but because of the scheduling issues, we, we had to make some adjustments. But, you know, Mike is essential to the financing of the movie. Right, right. we got to deal with what we got to deal with. Otherwise, we're not going to make the movie. So right. you make some adjustments on the fly. You do the best you can. You know, in an ideal scenario, things would have been different, but we, we have to deal with the cards that were dealt, you know. I mean, we're we're still living, you know, this is this is the reality of these action movies that you and I love, that you love to make and I love to talk about is they they are never done um they are never done perfectly. Like like because you have to deal with the cards that you are dealt, you you almost never get to make a, a perfect one. And that's just the reality. I always come at them from the position of which is you know why I even started Adkins Undisputed in the first place of it's a bloody miracle that they are 
as good as they are, as brilliant as they are, when the good ones hit, it, I always I always find it to be a miracle. I, I I don't I'm never that impressed when a two hundred million dollar movie is amazing because it's got two hundred million dollars. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm impressed when they make a two hundred million dollar movie and mess it up. That's <laughs> yeah. really impressive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How's that possible? Exactly, exactly. And so you know, it's for me, it's like give me a two million dollar movie that maybe isn't perfect but is still amazing and and that that is always the type of movie that i'm going to champion you know um and that's that's the whole thesis of action for everyone is to highlight these movies which is why we're so we're so happy that we've got you know that that we have the people come on that we do but um but yeah, what else? Give me, give me, let's, let's talk about the passport thing. Let's, let's liven it up a little bit and talk about the passport thing. So James had a very good, good, good laugh at, at this. So tell us your side of how this happened. Well, they've been um, going airside and wrecking it and plotting it all out for weeks and weeks. Um, and they knew that they were meant to take their passport. I'm not leaving the country. So I've just moved house. The passport is in a box somewhere. I don't know where it is. And I did not have an email saying, Scott, this is extremely important. Uh, attention in red. Please bring your passport. Otherwise, you won't be able to get airside. Nobody said anything like that to me. I'm not I'm not leaving the country. So I've, I didn't th even think to bring my passport. So I didn't have a passport. And then I couldn't find it. So we didn't do three days of rehearsal in the airport like we're supposed to. But I don't think it's my fault. <laughs> Tell me to bring my passport. Spell it out for me. I'm a stupid actor. <laughs> Tell my agent to tell me to make sure I do it. <laughs> Talk to him like he's a 40-year-old, people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I know one of the one of the big fight scenes that that everybody really loves is the the fight with Aaron on the tram. And my understanding is you guys actually fought that on a moving tram. Is that correct? Yeah, moving tram. Anyone that's been to Stansted will will know the tram. Um, we yeah we had we had to time out the fight so that it it starts and it happens. And it kind of stops where we need it to stop because I, I, I pull the thing and tram comes to a stop and then I've got to run out. Uh, there may or may not be a hidden cut before I run out. I don't know. Figure it out. Um, but yeah, we've got the the filming of it. The, the camera operator has to figure out how to navigate around these bars because there are some trams that don't have these bars. That would have been a lot easier. But we had these bars sticking up. So... Occasionally, the camera would hit that. Um, occasionally, the choreography could have been better. Um, you know, nothing was ever perfect in any of the takes. And I think we did the take. It felt like we did it, I don't know, 12, 15 times. Um, and, you know, I don't know what it is. It's a two-minute long fight sequence or something like that um, with acting involved. So, yeah, difficult. But we did it. And of course, the tram is like moving around corners. So when that happens, you're in the middle of a fight and you're losing your balance. So not easy. Um, and that's why you get somebody like Aaron Tony and, and Tim Mann to come up the choreography. But everyone, the whole crew was following in the other side of the tram, watching it on the monitors. And uh, at one point, the knife, 
that we're fighting with dropped down out the door, went down at the crack, and uh, we had to get someone to come and try and fish it out, find it because you know we didn't have another one. Uh, things like that were going on. Craziness. I am. Um... Yeah, I mean, again, the realities of low-budget filmmaking, right? You have enough money to make one knife. You don't, you don't have enough money for for multiple knives. But we were taking the tram to work. Sometimes we have to go to another side of the airport, so we'd all get on the tram to travel. And there's normal people on there going to get flights, and there's the crew. And then me and Aaron would be like, "Hey, should we just quickly go through the choreography while we're on this tram?" And it was like, "What are they doing?" <laughs> It's uh it's a good thing that somebody didn't, you know, call uh call security on you guys. Um there's there's two people fighting in the tram. But uh yeah, um one of the but every day we had to go to Stansted at the same time and we queue up and we've got to go through the security terminals and everything like everyone. And some people bring in guns and knives and tactical vests and all this, which of course need to be screened and make sure that we're not doing anything that we shouldn't be doing of course You've got to be on your best behavior there was uh chaperones with us all the time um you always had to have your high-vis vests on even for the actors unless you're doing a take um and we had to be very respectful and you know careful not to step out of line because it's a working airport of course and they've got a job to do um so yeah they were very accommodating and helpful you know stansted you know, thanks so much for allowing us to come there and, and shoot the movie. And there, there's a wing, there was a whole terminal that was disused that we we, we used a lot. Uh, but other times we were in the proper airport amongst real passengers. Well, and I like that James pointed out part of the reason that as much as it made it harder, shooting in a, a working airport really gives the movie a, an authentic feel that you would have had to recreate using cgi backgrounds you know like he points out there's several scenes where you can actually see planes you know landing and and or you know on the tarmac when you guys are in front of windows and stuff that just yeah. wouldn't have been there if you were shooting in a in a truly abandoned airport um and so and we it, were lucky with the weather as well i mean if it started raining that night that we were outside me and mike fighting we would have been screwed but we always and even when you were the, the interrogation scene you can see out the window a lot all the planes in the background. I think the lights turned off at a certain point. I had to try and get it done before then. But we had this, it was January, but we had this mist. Um, so it was giving it a kind of, it was almost like someone was out there with a smoke machine making it look more cinematic. But it, it, it was a mist that we kept getting and we had it for the fight with Mike as well. But we we're very lucky with that it wasn't raining on any of the nights that we were outside. Because it could have done and we just have to get on with it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's one of the other problems with trying to do a movie like this, too, right? Is you kind of have to take what you can get weather-wise and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, luckily, it, it mostly all worked out. The one other sequence that I, I have some questions, and I don't want you to reveal all of yours and James's magic tricks. I think part of the fun of this movie is, you know, trying to, is trying, even though I think the movie's so gripping that I don't bother looking for hidden cuts, when I go back and rewatch them, part of the fun is just because I'm, I'm analytical about the work you guys do like that. I like to try and find stuff, but the the sequence where, uh, let's call it your slasher villain sequence, where you are you are taking out Aaron and all the other bad guys basically from off screen, like your friggin' Jason Voorhees, and it's amazing. When you guys are shooting that, what are you doing as you're 
bouncing off screen you're popping on screen and then are is it like being on stage where you're like running around backstage to the other side of the stage or is yeah. it being done a lot with stunt people where like you may be here but then there may be a double for you over here or something like that to, tell us a little bit about the logistics of that it's really ill when we're shooting that i had some sort of virus who knows what it was but it was something and uh I'm struggling to remember if all if all of that bit was me. I think I think I think it was me, but you know, I'm popping out and I'm 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 shanking the guy in the background. And then I'm having to hide from the camera. I'm you know, in the movie I'm hiding from Aaron, but no, I'm I'm hiding from the camera and I'm just sneaking around and, and popping up at certain points. Um but that was the easiest day for me of all of it. I think I might have fought Aaron on that day second part of our fight third part um but that part i was almost thankful for at the time i was like oh man yeah i could just do do a bit of this popping up in the background and, and you stay on Aaron for a bit i was very thankful at that point for for a little bit of a rest yeah yeah it's it, it just is it, it's such a brilliant sequence it's i don't know if you've seen denzel's equalizer uh his latest equalizer equalizer yeah three. i watched it on the plane yeah i loved it I love I love the end of that when he it is it, the, the end of that movie Fuqua shoots it like it's a horror movie only we're rooting for Denzel and I love that yeah. and this captures that same vibe where it's and to me I love it because it goes back I always used to uh, when I did a series of episodes on the Rambo movies I, I always talked about how every Rambo movie has a Jason scene where Rambo's just stalking through the background, taking people out, you know, and, and all the bad guys are freaking out and stuff like that. And it, it's, it's a long, good tradition in these kind of action movies that I, that I love when I see it. Well, I think I make it even more horrific for James. I'm always adding more violence because I love it. But there's that one bit in the interrogation sequence, uh, you know, somebody gets shot and they're dying out and I'm in the background horrifically stabbing someone in the neck. Now, it would have been fine if I'd just done it once, but in the heat of the moment, I decided to do it four or five times. And now, I didn't necessarily know what it looked like. I was just getting into it. And then when you see it, it's it's pretty horrific. Um, and then, like, in the fight with Aaron, I had to add that last punch. One, one more thing. Well... So. But it makes sense, again, because the, what's so brilliant about these movies is, you know, this is 12 hours after one shot. And so it's like it's not like it's not like Jake has had time to recover. It's not like it's not like your character is is refreshed and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah. what you've essentially had now is this dude has had six hours of hell out of the last 18 hours of his life. And uh, by the end, yeah, when you're just stabbing the shit out of people, to me, it makes sense from a character standpoint. Of like at this point, you are so exhausted, so desperate. Yeah. You just want to make sure nobody's getting back up, right? Like yeah, you put I, somebody down, you do not want them back up. Yeah, and I think that's brilliant about what James, the director, has done, and what what we were very happy about in the first movie was how the phrase was coined. I'm breathing out of my ass. That's that's what James would come up and he would give me a piece of direction. He'd just go breathing out the ass, mate. Like oh yeah. Let's not forget that. But we loved how tired I was in the first film. There are other movies that have been made that have one shots in them where this is not the case. But 
in reality, you would be absolutely knackered. And 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 we were very happy about how that came out in the first one. So we wanted to continue it here. I mean, obviously, he's he's going into the the beginning of the film wounded and tired already. Probably hasn't slept. And so I think that really makes the audience feel for my character because you're you're feeling the grit and determination. You're seeing how tired he is. You're seeing everything that he's been through, and then you're thinking, "Hang on a minute, he's still got to deal with Michael Jai White yet." And I think that kind of helps put the audience on edge a little bit because you're you're really feeling my pain. I'm not an indestructible superhero. You're worried that I I'm, I might not even make it out of the, to the end of the movie, even though I'm the lead because of the way that's been played, and that that's down to James. That is the uh, the the I guess. I'm just checking time here. Yeah, I'll, I'll start winding this down here. But the other thing that I, re I really want to talk about is um, this is now two movies with Waleed. And uh, and as you know, I thought Waleed was just absolutely brilliant in the first one. I think he continues that. But did you guys, did it feel like sliding right back into right back into a, a relationship when you when you guys both got back on set? Because, again, you've got you've got a lot of scenes with him uh not as many as in as in the first one but you've got a lot of scenes with him this time no he's a beautiful guy great person an incredible actor a real team player somebody that you want on your side when you're going into these intense scenes he comes from the stage um the way he you know i learned a lot from working with him the way he's always searching for the truth of the character and he really knuckles down on it and, and, he, and he won't budge and I really appreciated that about him because if he doesn't believe it, the audience isn't going to believe it. We picked up a few things from him. But let me tell you about Walid. We were meant to be doing the film in November and December. Got pushed to January. He had agreed. I don't even know if I'm going to be allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it. He had agreed. He was doing a play, right? So he's rehearsing the play in the day. He then gets picked up by a car, driven to Stansted, he shoots through, and this is another one of the reasons why like, we wouldn't have him for rehearsal sometimes because he, he's still been driven over. He had to get some sleep, Bessing, but he didn't really sleep, sleep in the car. He would come over and he would film through the night and then he would get picked up and driven to rehearse again. And the guy only slept in the car for about three weeks. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. That's that's that is that is dedication. Um, well, he didn't have also, a choice. Well, like, but, you've got to make the you've got to make the movie, mate. Yeah, but I'm, I'm I've got to do this plane. We're rehearsing, and then they were going to go and start filming it, um, putting it on in New York. Mm -hmm. And he like he did he just didn't have a choice. It, it had to be done. But that also does you know that also does show sort of the dedication that James and the crew and you inspire in people that they're willing to do that. You know, I know he doesn't have a choice. He signed on to make the movie, but also it's like yeah. you people can leave movies. I mean, there are ways out of things. And so it's like, but you know, nobody wants to let you down. Nobody wants to let James down. And, uh, and I well, think normally I would say that nobody's working as hard as me on these movies, but on the second one, he was definitely working on. <laughs> yeah. 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 You at least got to sleep a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the the one other thing that I wanted to bring up about this, uh, and then we'll talk about a couple, just really quick, uh, a couple other things coming up. Um, 
what is this new theme with you getting thrown off stairs in movies? You got you got chucked off stairs in John Wick. You get chucked mm. off stairs in this one. Is this is this just going to be a new thing for you that you're going to do in movies from here on out? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Is there any more stairs? Um, yeah, no. Look, we're just using the location and coming up with different things that might be cool. We needed to separate my character from the baddies. So, oh, well, I guess he's going to be going over the, the banister then. You think Scott will be all right with that? Yeah, Scott will be all right with that. Of course he will. <laughs> so just got to do it. They told me, look, you're going over the banister. I'm like, oh, I, I was going to say, okay. was that actually you? I didn't want to, like, spoil the movie magic, but I couldn't see a cut there. That was actually you going over the banister? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. With my fluffy hair <laughs> right over the banister. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you're fighting. This is where gymnastics comes into play. You know, a lot of great stunt performers are, are gymnasts. And I did a lot as a kid. And so you're able to, I'm fighting and I can't look back. I need to judge where the banister is and take the hit and make sure that I'm in the right place and know that if I jump back, I'm going to clear over the banister. The first, I think, yeah, the first time I did it, I was a bit tentative. And then the next few times I did it, I just flipping went for it. And uh, I've got some behind the scenes footage of that, actually. Uh, Patreon exclusive, I would imagine. For <laughs> folks, there you go. For Sign folks up who... to Patreon, official Scott Atkins fan club, and you, I'll put it up there. Yeah, for folks who aren't members, you should absolutely join. It's it's a great time. I love being I love being a member of it. So it's a uh, it's a good time. You get uh, some exclusive stuff there, don't you, Mike? Yep, yep, you do. Yeah. You absolutely do. Um, it's it's absolutely worth it. It's worth it. All right. Obviously, you're proud of one more shot. We're proud of you guys pulling off one more shot. If people listening haven't seen it yet, you got to check it out. Um, what have you got coming up? You got lights out coming out in a couple of weeks, um, which is you are a guest. You're you're a you're not the lead in that. That's a that's a Grillo movie, but you are in it. I watched it last night. Um, you've got because uh, I had a screener. You've got uh, you've got take cover coming this year as well. Yes. Yeah, take cover. Um, the Killers Game, JJ Perry film. I, I was going to ask that. if that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. I actually did ADR yesterday for Killers Game and Take Cover, and you know they're both looking great. Um, kill, yeah, um, yeah. Lights out. It's a supporting role. People shouldn't get too excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, if they want to see me, get excited for Frank. I, I will simply say, I will simply say that that your scenes are. Uh, I did enjoy the movie, and your scenes are terrific. What what there is in there, you're terrific in it. So you know, people oh, thanks, who want man. to who want to you know, you will not. You may be disappointed if you're looking for a Scott Adkins movie by the length that you're in it, but you're not going. People aren't going to be disappointed by the quality that you're in it. Um, I saw a few comments on the trailer, like oh, Frank Grillo, Scott Adkins is going to be amazing. Mm. It's Frank's movie. It's Frank's movie. It's definitely and and it's actually also Mackay Pfeiffer is actually incredible in it. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah. But uh, and then also as people listening to this show well know, you just got done in Indonesia with your part on Warpath. We are under strict rules not to talk very much about Warpath, but Liam has shared some behind the scenes stuff uh, that that you and Eco were uh, were cooking up over there, and I truly believe people are not ready for what for what our boy Liam is cooking up uh, with this movie. I think it's going to be something else. 
I had a great time. Um, I it was wonderful working with Liam. He's a very, very good director. Knows exactly what he wants. Very good at talking to the actors, actually, um, which you don't get as much with a lot of action directors. But he, he, he's 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 quite good at that. And um, working with Eco and the Indonesian stunt team, you know, the Oase team, was amazing. And I have to tell you, I <laughs> he's so fast. Eco's so good, man. He's such a humble guy. He's, but he's such an amazing martial artist. And I, I watched a take that he did. I mean, when he's working with his team, it's a different level because, you know, it's like Jackie Chan and the Jackie Chan stunt team. They're so well, like, in sync with each other. And I watched him do the first take of some quite a long bit of choreo. And I was like, oh God, that is incredible. Got it perfectly in the first take. I was like, mate, mate, gonna have to stop putting me to shame here. Come on, give me a break. Yeah. Uh, really good. And it was great to work with Liam finally. And, yeah, uh, you guys had been, you guys had been yeah. trying to put something together. Well, because, and Liam said this on the show before, he was originally on cover. That was, I think, the first time you guys were originally gonna, supposed, back when it was called cover, not take cover, yeah. that you guys were supposed to work together. And then, uh, yeah, there's been some other stuff, starts and stops. But yeah, he added finally... a lot of stuff to the script that we've just stole from him now. But <laughs> I know he's cool with it. Yeah, no, he uh, he the the guy that wrote Josh Joshua Todd James that wrote the original script, they're good buddies. So Liam basically yeah. gave it his blessing. I'm excited for the movie. I have read that script, or I read the the one that Liam wrote when he was attached to it, and I think it's a terrific script. Uh to to kind of hype people up a little bit. I think it's like a perfect Scott Adkins role. I could not get you out of my head when I was reading the script because it just feels like such a perfect role for you. Um, so yeah, I'm I think people should be excited for that one, be excited for Warpath. I know you're uh, you've mentioned that you're going down to film a movie with Marco and then hopefully fingers crossed you've got another little one coming up that we can't talk about uh but uh but yeah I uh, I think people are not going to be ready for Warpath and I'll leave it at that. Scotty bud it's been too long since we chatted man thank you so much for taking time out of your day to to jump on and talk to me. No problem Mike listen I'm still waiting for my action for everyone t-shirt. So, uh, son of a bitch. All right. I'll get that to you. I'll get that to you. The, it's, it's all yours. Make it a large. Don't go extra large on me. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not as big as I look on the movies. Okay. So here's the question. You Americans, you, you like big clothes. I'm somewhere here's, between a medium and a large. The question is sleeves or no sleeves. No sleeves, mate. Come on. Got to get the that's, guns out. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I mean, that is the rule here. So, you know, that's, that's uh that's the rule here is no sleeves. So I just wanted to make sure I, I do appreciate seeing some of Liam's behind the scenes stuff that he, he got you and ego uh, sleeveless as soon as he possibly could in that, sh in that movie. So, you know, it's uh, it is, yeah. his, his yeah. aesthetic. He's holding true to his aesthetic. Got to appreciate it. I've worked with two directors very recently that are absolutely hench him and Nick McKinless. So, I don't know what's going on here. All these directors, muscular directors, it's scary. <laughs> it 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 is it is it's uh it's it's terrifying that uh, they're, you know, the whole thing with directors is they're supposed to look like Martin Scorsese. They're not supposed to look like Liam. You know, not like, supposed you know, like, to look like Zack Snyder. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. 
All right. If people, uh, obviously, social media, if people want to follow you, where can they find you? The Scott Adkins on Instagram. That's the one I'm, I use the most. And um, yeah, look, if you want to get more exclusive footage and, and see what I do day to day and some behind the scenes stuff that I don't put on the usual channels, um, come and come over to Scott Adkins on Patreon and uh, you get some exclusive stuff there. And yeah. Plenty more films coming. Um, yeah, looking forward to the rest coming out. And um, yeah, one more shot. Glad you liked it, mate. Worked hard. Loved it. Hopefully we get to do one last shot. Fingers crossed. Well, certainly the, uh, I know financing in these kind of movies is always up in the air, but certainly the reception to one more shot should indicate a uh, a chance to make one last shot. But, uh, but you know, and I, I never- And hoping for an Accident Man 3 as well. I know you. I, I know you've got. I know you've got. Uh, you've got ideas for that already. You sent me some some pictures a while ago on it. So um, hopefully that. Comes and anyone true. want Debt Collector three? Anyone? <laughs> yes, anyone? absolutely. I think I speak for everyone when I say absolutely. Um, but I always tell people I don't trust that these movies are going to get made until I can actually watch them. Because even even if you guys shoot them. There's movies that can fall apart, you know, while shooting or after shooting. That's happened to you before. You've been on set and literally the money's yeah. dried up. Uh, so, yeah. you know, fingers crossed. But uh, but once we can actually see them, then I'm like, okay, they happened. And it's a miracle every time. Yeah, War Paint, man. That, that, that is a great script. That is a shame. I, I wasn't going to mention it, but, uh, but, but yeah, you mentioned it. So, yes, unfortunately, yeah. that was one that uh, would have been great, I think um yeah anyway we'll see we'll see what yep. happens in the future all right man and uh y'all know where you can find us uh, a4e everywhere um we'll be back sunday uh this is this is a special episode so you're getting it in the middle of the week but we'll be back sunday with the usual shenanigans thanks again scott cheers mike always a pleasure mate speak soon so what are we waiting for